One day, you will tell your story of how you've overcome what you're going through now, and it will become part of someone else's survival guide. Welcome to that survival guide. I am your host, Ava McHugh, and this is The Humans of James River. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the second episode of The Humans of James River. First of all, I'd like to thank our sponsor, Laser Accuracy, for making this entire project possible. If you'd like to learn more about their company, um, you can visit their website, lasercreditaccuracy.com, or you can follow the link on the homepage to their website. A little update, the podcast is now on iTunes. You can listen to all of the episodes by simply searching the name, The Humans of James River. Thank you all for tuning in. I hope you can find something you can identify with or learn from this extremely powerful episode. Today you'll be hearing from Ireland Rogan, a 16-year-old junior at James River High School. She is the starting varsity girls across goalie, a great student and friend and one of my teammates. I'm sure many of you who go to James River have seen her before, passed her in the hallway, or you might even be friends with her. I've known Ireland for four years, and I had no idea that this had gone on in her life. I hope you all enjoy. Okay, so <laughs> it all kind of started when I was around five or four years old. Um, my life was pretty great, honestly. Like, I was born to two amazing parents who loved me very much, and I was so lucky to have them. But then around the time I was four or five, is when I started to realize there's something wrong with my mom. I didn't, I just thought that she was really sick. And that's what my dad told me, my grandma, that's what everyone told me. It's just, she's really sick. And that's why she like sleeps all the time. And that's all I thought of it. Um, when I was five, I remember I was really hung, like she would forget to feed me, which I don't blame her for. I don't hold any like, you know, harsh feelings against that. Um, and she would just forget to feed me. So I'd like be really hungry and just like eat a lot <laughs> that I was just fine when I was a, like a little child. And then I would be like, why does mommy's breast smell so bad? Like, why did this happen? Why is this? And then now I know that she was an alcoholic and alcoholism runs in both sides of my family. You know, my dad has struggled with that stuff. My mom like a bunch of my cousins and aunts and uncles. And so when I was, I believe I was five, um, my mom had to be admitted to a hospital. I'm assuming it was a rehab center, but I honestly, I don't know all the details of that since I was so young. And I vividly remember I was at my kitchen table eating SpongeBob mac and cheese. <laughs> and then I hear my Aunt Erin, who is her sister, come in my house and she was very angry. She was, like, screaming at my mom, telling her that she needs to go to the hospital, that she needs to leave. And my mom was crying, and my dad was, like, consulting them. And I remember running to my parents' bedroom and being so confused as to what was going on. And I just grabbed my mom by the legs and started crying on her feet, <laughs> being like, please don't go. Please don't leave me. And I was genuinely just so confused. Like, I didn't really... Like, I knew she was sick, but I didn't really understand what was going on. And so then that night she left, maybe to the hospital. I, I don't really know where, maybe to my aunt's house. But then she was admitted to the hospital. 
and I would visit her all the time. And during that time, my dad really couldn't take care of me. He was going through a lot of his own stuff, obviously, because that was really hard on him. And he couldn't really afford to have me around that much, um, just money rise and emotionally. And so for a while there, I lived with my aunt in New York. So that's where I'm from. Sorry, I should have mentioned that earlier. I'm from New York. Um, not played the toll in the story. <laughs> and so I lived with my aunt there and my cousins, like all that summer, basically. Um, and I visited my mom. And then one day I was told that I was going to move um, to Virginia to live with my grandma, my grandpa, and my aunt, who is in high school at that time. And so I don't remember exactly how I reasoned for it, but, you know, I packed up my bags and I'm a, I was probably... I probably was sick at this point because I turned six in January and I moved to live with my grandparents in Powhatan, Virginia. And, you know, I, I, I think I was happy. I don't really remember because I just, I didn't really know. I was like, oh, cool. I get to see grandma and grandpa and sissy and the dog. Yay. You know, fun. I got to meet new, all new friends at my new elementary school. And then in April, that's when my mom passed away and I don't exactly remember how they told me, but I just remember having to go up back to New York for the funeral. And I remember going there and getting to see my dad again, which was really fun and getting to see all my family and my friends and my kindergarten teachers were there from when I, you know, went to school in New York. And I just remember looking around and seeing everyone crying and being really sad and all I remember is being like, I want to cheer them up. Like, I want to make them happy. Like, I under I understood that my mom was gone, but not to, like, the extent of it, really. So I, was, I would go up to everyone. I, my uncle told me this because I don't fully remember this, but he said that he would he watched me because, you know, he wanted to make sure I was okay. And he would see me listen in, conver- like, people's conversations and seeing what they're talking about, and that I would turn to them and, like, smile and be like, hi, nice to see you, and, like, give them a hug to make them, because, you know, I was a cute little kid, you know, (laughs) that kind of makes people feel better, I guess, and I just, I, it was a really weird experience to look back on, because in the moment, I was just naive and little, but obviously, if I was 16-year-old me, Going back to that time, I would com- act completely different. So there's kind of bliss in the naiveness, but kind of sad <laughs> in a way. Um, and so after that, I think we probably spent about a week there. And then we traveled back to Virginia. And I lived in Virginia for about a year after um, my mom passed away. And I would talk to my dad like every day on the phone. But it- I missed him a lot. And that was really, really hard to be away from him for so long. Um And then probably a month or two maybe after my mom passed away, my grandma realized that chunks of my hair started to fall out, like, rapidly. And so we had a – I had, like, long, pretty brown hair, and then we had to chop it all off because I guess – I don't really know why the reason for that was. (laughs) And then I got bangs. So cute. Um, (laughs) And – so chunks of my hair started falling out and my girl was like, this is not normal. There's something wrong here. And so we went to the doctor and I got my blood tested and that's when I was diagnosed with anxiety and it's definitely trauma-based. I think they said there was like a chemical imbalance. Um, 
And so, you know, I got medication for that. And my aunt, like, gave me, like, special shampoo and stuff. So it grew back. It was all okay. But that's when I realized, like, like, oh, there's, I'm different. Like, I'm different than other kids. Like, there's something wrong. (laughs) And so that's when I started to go to, like, the guidance counselor at school. So in first grade, I went to Powhatan Elementary School. And every day I would go to the guidance counselor, who I loved. I adored this lady. She was so sweet to me. And she, you know, she would just talk to me about how I'm feeling, you know, the issues I'm going through. If I didn't want to talk that day, she had a bunch of toys that I could play with. And then she gave me, like, com- like a comfort, like, tissue box, I guess, where she gave me, it was just, like, had toys and, like, like sensory objects, kind of, that would make me feel better. Because, you know, she asked me, like, what I liked. And so I'd carry on my little special tissue box every day. And that would just make me feel better, a lot happier, because... And especially at that time, like, my other, like, you know, little friends didn't know how to feel, like, if I'd mention it or, like, if someone talked about Mother's Day, that was a big thing because I didn't really know how to react to that. And, you know, my friends would be like, oh, like, I'm sorry. Like, they, you know, we were all so little. We didn't really know how to react to that stuff. So having a guidance counselor who was so sweet to me really helped me get through that, um, which was really hard. Also, this is really embarrassing, but I started, like, peeing the bed (laughs) when I was little because I would feel so bad about it. Like, I would, like, hide it from my grandma because I was like, this is embarrassing. Like, I'm a big girl. But I just had a lot of issues, really. (laughs) Like, looking back on it, um, it was just, I was really going through a rough time. And another part of that, my grandma told me, I don't remember saying this, and I feel terrible for saying this to her, um... But when we were going through all this, I told my grandma and I said, this feels like a nightmare and I want to wake up now. And I can't imagine having this little, like your little grandchild say this to you. She said that she just like balled up with tears and that must have been really hard for her. And that just showed like, I remember feeling sad, but I'm like, I expressed it. Like I I really was. (laughs) And so then so I was able to start second grade back in New York with my dad. He obviously, he, w- he was going through a lot still and he had a lot of his own personal issues, but he was able to get me back, which was great. And so, you know, from then on, it obviously didn't get any easier. It never gets easier, but it was a lot better because I was back at home. And then I went to an elementary school for I want to say, like, until, like, October. Like, it was, like, two months. And then we moved to a town called East Islip in New York. And that's where I spent, like, the rest of my elementary school days. And I loved it there. I felt at home. Like, I had so many great friends who, at that point, I was, you know, growing up a little bit. And I kind of understood what what happened. And that was great. And so my other friends kind of understood and they really did support me in like everything because it was still really fresh. It still is, you know, kind of because I'm kind of looking at a new light now than I did. Um, And so that was great moving there. But it's very much a different experience growing up with a single dad. My dad is like my best friend. I love him. He is like the best guy ever. But it's different not having, you know, a mom. And I have a bunch of motherly figures in my life, and I'm so blessed to have that. Like, I have my grandma and my nana and my aunts, 
and they're all great but it's not it's not the same as having like a mom that's with you all the time and so for a while there my grandpa lived with me and my dad in our East Iceland home so it was interesting being raised by two men like I think that really has sculpted me into the person I am and back then I was very much like a little tomboy <laughs> and I think that might be because of being raised by two men and but one of the bad things about growing up with a single dad is that he worked his tail off and he still does he is only off two days a week and so I had a bunch of babysitters and I didn't get to see my dad a lot and so sometimes that felt like I was very alone in it all and obviously that's nothing against my father but it's it was really hard and luckily I had great babysitters and like I, I adored them but it definitely was difficult and then I spent the weekends with my nana who is my mom's mom and with my mom's side of the family which was always really fun and so we made it to have a really good childhood even though it was really difficult at times and a part of getting through all of this was playing sports and that's really like what helped me so when I was like right after my mom passed I started playing lacrosse and basketball and that's really like finding a passion and being involved in sport really helped me like get through it all and it still does like I still play lacrosse and just that's like my outlet kind of like when I'm feeling sad about that stuff and like April for me is a really bad month because it's when my mom died and it was her birthday and that's also lacrosse season so it kind of the good outweighs the bad and it's a distraction but also it's just good to have something that you're passionate about all the time and yeah that's pretty much my story <laughs> so you mentioned earlier that you recently found out how your mom died um in the past you didn't know how she died or what the exact situation was so could you explain a little bit about how that changed your perspective on the whole thing and how that made you feel yeah, I totally kind of forgot to add that in, my bad. But um, so when I was in eighth grade, I decided that I wanted to ask my grandma how my mom died. And before that, I I had no idea that it was alcohol. Like I would do digging like on my own time. And I didn't want to ask anyone, even though I probably should have. But I did a lot of digging like on Facebook and like anything I could find, like obituaries. And because I just really wanted to know. And before that, my great-grandmother had told me that it was like some type of like kidney disease so that's what I thought for a while and but they were just lying to me <laughs> they didn't want to tell me though because I was so young and they thought that it would really hurt me but so in eighth grade my grandma came over to my house and it was in the month of April so I was like thinking about my mom a lot and I don't really remember how it came up but we were talking about my mom and I just started busting out crying like I was just in full-on tears and my grandma started crying too she's like what's wrong like you can tell me and I was I was just crying and I was like I don't know like I don't I really don't want to like upset you by asking you this and she's like no like if you need to ask me something you should ask me and so I asked her uh, like how did mommy die and of course she started crying and she's like she was an alcoholic like she suffered from alcoholism for years and that's you know, she decided to die. She, it was her decision because she wanted me to have a better life and to not have to go through 
go through my whole life with an alcoholic mother because I guess she really didn't think she was going to be able to get better. And that it was both like a moment of just clarity and I was like, like a weight lifted because I was like, finally I know. But also it's like, oh, like that's really sad. And I knew that my family struggled with that, but I didn't know that that's what my mom struggled with. So it was kind of like an odd feeling of emotions, but over, like, I'm so happy that I know now because now I've been able to like understand things like, oh, that's why I, you know, she would forget to feed me. And like, that's why I remember just her laying on the couch and like beer bottles and like, it's all like connecting the dots and like seeing kind of like flash bulb moments from my past. Um, it really just helped me like have a full understanding of what she went through and it changed it kind of changed my outlook because at first I was like does that make her a bad person but I know that's not what it is she's not a bad person for indulging in that like that happens that's just being human like that can affect anyone and after knowing that it it just it helped me connect with her more I feel like because I understood what she was going through because before I really had no idea but so it just it really helped me in get, getting some clarity really how would you say that your circumstances have made you into the person you are today um I'd say that I I definitely would not be the same at all if my mom was still alive today I think that if she continued indulging in alcohol it probably would make my life a lot harder honestly and I don't know if I would still have good memories of her and I I really have no idea like the type of person she would be if she was still around today like if she would have gone better or not so I think it's both both a blessing and a curse because obviously like I wish my mom was still alive obviously but I think that with her life today it could have been a lot different and also I really think it helped shape me as a person um and having respect for my dad I respect him so much because he still like he gives me the best life and he provides me with so much and we might not you know be the richest people or whatever but we our family is filled with so much love and although it would be you know it'd be the same with my mom it's just sometimes I tell them I'm like you're the best mom and dad like you're both like you're the best you know and just a relationship with him would have been different probably and just the respect I have for him and as an individual I my outlook on life is a lot different than others I feel like because experiencing such hardship at at a young age or just in general a lot of my peers haven't experienced that and I think it helps give me an outlook on other things. And also, if people are going through similar things, I'm able to help them, which is really cool. Because a lot of people, like, you know, they're like, oh, I, I have no one to relate with. Like, no one's going through this. But I was, I'm like, I've been through stuff similar. And I want to help people. And I think that's a big thing, too. Yeah, it's, it's great to hear you say that. <laughs> um, do you have any advice for anyone going through something similar or any hardship at all really well first I know you know Ava made this whole thing 
for people to reach out to her because she's amazing and her story is amazing. But if you, <laughs> but if you also, you can reach out to me whenever, like, whenever. Seriously, I want to talk to anyone all the time. And but, I will include her information to get in contact <laughs> with her because she's seriously amazing. And when she says contact her, whatever, she means it. <laughs> um, but one of the biggest thing is to just remember that there is hope in all of your situations. The biggest thing that I think people struggle with is forgetting that there is hope in everything. And, you know, whether you're, you know, religious or whatever that sense of hope is, at the end of the road, there's always something better. I believe that through your hardships is what ma- builds your strength and what, br- like, there's always light at the end of the tunnel, always. And so just remember whatever you're going through, whether it's, you know, a death in your family or, you know, some type of addiction or whatever your situation is, there is always hope. There's always a way to get out of it. Another thing is to find something that you're passionate about. To be passionate about something really, like like I stated before, sports really helped me get out of a tough time as, like, a little girl. And still, like, you know, I still struggle with my mom's death every day. Like, it's never going to leave me. But having an outlet, like, playing lacrosse is, like, my happy space. And having that happy space is what helped me get through it. And I'd recommend that to anyone, whatever you're going through. Just have an outlet that you can put your emotions into, whether it's sports or, like, art. I love to sing, you know? That's fun. Um, Whatever is your jam, I would say go for that. And that will make you feel better 100%. If you could say one thing to your mom, what would you say? Well, I, I'm going to sound crazy saying this, but I have, like, last year during April, there was one, like, I, I'm always, like, kind of a mess during April, but there was one day that I just, like, talked to my mom, <laughs> and, like, I, like, felt that there was like you know presence I don't know I just felt like she was listening to me and I was just like crying talking to her something I would say to her V obviously like I love you I love you so much no matter like the fact that my mom gave up her life for me to have a better life is just insane and so selfless and I know how much you know she loved me and I'm just so grateful for her and something else that I want to say I I hope that she's proud of me and I say this all the time I just really like everything I do I have her in mind every move I make every test I take everything so I just hope that I'm making her proud and being you know the young woman that she wanted me to be because you know my aunt also has told me like she's always wanted a little girl and like I was like her dream baby and so I just hope that I am that for her and that I also want her to know that I don't hold any grudges against her because I feel like that probably was if I was in her position I'd be really scared of what I would like having your daughter think as she gets older about you know the alcoholic mother and I hold nothing against her and I love her just as much as I would if she had cancer or if she had another fatal disease and just that I love her so much even though I can't see her like I know how much how she is just an amazing woman and 
If it wasn't for her, I know I wouldn't even be who I am today. As I said earlier, Ireland has been my teammate for four years, and her dad was my lacrosse coach last year, and hearing their stories gave me a lot of perspective, and I have boundless amounts of respect for the both of them. Um, the best part of this experience with Ireland for me was seeing how she has taken her circumstances and let it shape her. She is not angry, but so grateful for the life she has been given. I am proud to call her my teammate and friend. Thank you, Ireland, for being brave enough to share your story. If you have any questions or you just want to talk to Ireland, I will be including her email and Instagram in the description. I hope you all enjoyed this episode. If you want to share your story, please DM me or fill out the contact sheet on the website, www.humansofjamesriver.com and my Instagram is at humansofjrhs. If you have a written story to include on the website that you would like to share, please contact me as well. The next episode will be released on Wednesday. This special episode will feature two people, twins, and will explore what it was like for them to watch each other battle mental illness at the same time. I hope you tune in. Thanks for listening. Thank you.